Welcome to True Freedom, a new podcast for you. If you're searching, longing, if you know there's something more that you need in life. I'm your host, Richard Stokes, and our guide for this podcast is Bodie Aldridge, transformational leadership coach, author and teacher, and also great friend of mine. And each week we meet here to jointly explore a topic or a theme that's likely to matter to you in your life right now. I'll put some questions to Bodhi and he'll share his profound wisdom on that topic. The idea is that you can take that wisdom and see how it feels to you. Sit with it, ponder it, live with it and do something with it. This is our invitation to you and our offer is to provide a map to this territory and some tools in terms of how to best navigate it. Now, we invite you to come and play. We really want to hear from you, your thoughts and your questions. One early ask of you. Um, if you like this podcast, we'd love you to please rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts. And please hit that subscribe button for future episodes. All of this really helps a new podcast show up for more and more people so more people will get a chance to hear it and use that wisdom that I've talked about. So to this week, we're going to look at beliefs and specifically the only belief that you need to change in life. That's right. The one key belief that can really hold you back and prevent access to the true freedom that this podcast is determined to unlock for you and to unlock with you. This really sits at a foundational level of true freedom. And as a result, it's applicable to all aspects of our lives. So we're going to cover a lot today. So I hope you're uh, ready <laughs> and set up for what's going to be a great episode. Some of the things that we're going to talk about. Okay, so what is a belief? Uh, where do they come from? How do we develop these beliefs and why are they so important to us in life? Um, and how can beliefs help and also hinder us in everything we do every single day? And to that, so if we're holding on to some beliefs that maybe aren't serving us so well, how can we start to change those beliefs over time? And here's the thing, everyone, it can be done and Bodhi's got the tools to do it. So with no further ado, uh, Bodhi, hey, how are you doing? Great to see you. Yes, good. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, great to be here. Love that intro. Uh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, it's... Um such a delight to be able to you know share this wisdom and have a conversation with you yeah uh, i you know i just always love i look forward so much to our conversations each week on this topic and, and this is one that you know we've been working with for a while that we decided would be a really good one to go out early in this series because as i said in the intro it's so foundational right to everything we're doing and specifically to what we mean by true freedom and on that as we're early on can you just hit a little reminder for everybody of just what we mean by true freedom? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Essentially, you know, true freedom, one way to look at it is freedom from something. And ultimately, in all traditional wisdom, what we're looking at is freedom from suffering. Yeah, and there's a conversation about what suffering means, and we can touch on that. Yeah, suffering through attachment, suffering through our thoughts, our feelings. And the other aspect of true freedom is our essential nature is freedom. Yeah, our true self. Mm. And so the combination of freeing ourselves from these attachments, from this suffering and revealing our true essence 
Yeah, that's what we're on about. That's what the work's about. Yeah. And when we come at our essential essence, we're coming at it through presence. How do we de develop presence with our true nature? And then how do we let go of any any suffering, these constructs that we've created? Right. So, okay, so the, the, really important is these, these two equally important sides to what we mean by freedom, this sort of move. I almost see it as a moving away from the suffering and moving to that remembering of what you're saying our true nature is, is, is to be free. We've simply uh, forgotten it or, or chosen almost to believe <laughs> to our, to our theme, to, chosen to believe that we are not free. Is that, is that the case? Yeah. The interesting thing in all of this area of personal development, leadership development, spiritual development, fundamentally, yeah, we don't have to learn anything. We just have to remember, mm -hmm. yeah, who we really are. And remembering is to join, reconnect with our essence. And so the way I would describe it, on the one hand, to do that, we're letting go. We're letting go of old beliefs. We're letting go of old patterns. Yeah, we're letting go of triggers. And whilst we do that, we're cultivating our essence, cultivating our reconnection with ourselves. Mm. Yeah, and that's the hand and glove experience that will create this place of freedom. Right. So it, it, this is a this is a cycle. This is working in mm -hmm. unison. This this sense of letting go and moving back towards remembering who we are. It's all 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 happening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually a spiral, which is interesting. And those mm -hmm. of you, those of the listeners that have been on this journey for a while, sometimes it feels like, well, I'm back here revisiting this old belief or this old feeling. Yeah. But you're not at the same place. Yeah, you're actually spiraling deeper and deeper into the connection with self. And so it may be the same pattern, yeah, but it's a different level of the pattern. And again, that's yeah. what we're all doing. We're spiraling. Yeah, it's not linear, that's for sure. Yeah, well, it's great reassurance in that as well, because sometimes, you know, we can feel that we're, we're in the same loop mm. of narrative, of experience that doesn't change. And am I you know progressing in some way but when you talk about the spiral i start to see it going up and there is progress mm. it's just it's just recognizing uh, that there is progress yeah exactly exactly and it, it is a good reminder because yes some of particularly our foundational patterns which again we'll talk about not to seven years of age mm. but yeah sometimes it feels like oh i'm here again mm. yeah but it's not the same place it's like a labyrinth it's like you know you're, you're moving around and around you know yeah the yeah. key the key there is that the movement you, you are you are in you are in movement, yeah. some kind of movement so and, and you, as you mentioned mm. the territory the map and the tools you know and again mm. if we put one lens through the hero's journey yeah and how to navigate that territory to true freedom and the tools so absolutely yeah yeah so that's yeah yeah that's for the, for the listeners we'll be talking about that a lot the territory we're in, the map that we've got for that, and some of the tools that are going to help. You'll hear us talking about that a lot as we go through today and another podcast. So perhaps on the on the, the territory, we're, we're talking about beliefs. And can we can yeah. we start there in terms of what what is a belief? If if you have a perhaps a definition around that to give it some framework, I'm sure that'd be happy for everybody and how that sits in context with yep. our life's experience and the work that we, we, we're talking about. So let's, let's, let's start yeah. there. Yeah. Fundamentally, a belief is something we hold true. 
And remember, as we go deeper into this journey, we're starting to work with the subconscious mind. Yeah, 90 to 95% of your operating system, yeah, the meaning you give the world is your subconscious. And we know that through the neuroscience, we know that through psychology, psychotherapy. So what we're revealing and uncovering is what are the unconscious beliefs I have? What What are these beliefs that I hold true? Values, yep, are contextual beliefs. And so values are something you hold important. Yeah. So, for example, my value might be health. My belief is it would be useful to exercise. Yeah. And that's right. what we're navigating. And life is full of conflict, values, conflicts. Yeah. Beliefs that flow, beliefs that resist. Yeah. And again, self-awareness, leadership awareness is really uncovering your subconscious mind. Yeah. And in that, what we're dealing with is the mental system, the nervous system, the emotional system and the energetic system. Yeah. As we navigate this territory mm-hmm. and beliefs predominantly fit in the subconscious mind, the mental system, but they influence the body mind loop, the emotional mind loop. Yeah. Is, it starts to become very much a loop yeah, where these beliefs can start to activate in our emotional state as well. Right. So the, these beliefs are essentially guiding us all day, every day, whether we know it or we don't. And what we're saying is a lot of it, because it's in the subconscious, we're not aware of it. It's almost like we're on autopilot, that life is happening. Yeah. Uh, and we, uh, and, and I, we, we know that a certain amount of life has to happen in that subconscious realm for us to get to get through the day however yeah. what, what you're saying is we, we can actually shine more of a light on some of that subconscious thinking to understand why did i choose to think that say that do that is that is that where we're yeah we're heading to yeah. yeah absolutely if you think about self-awareness again if, if you think about leadership awareness yeah, this, this, it's almost like suddenly we become more aware of ourselves, of our thoughts, of our feelings and of our behaviours. Mm. And once you become aware, you start to realise that what's been driving yeah, your behaviour and your emotions yeah, very much sits in your subconscious. So what we're doing, if you think about self-regulation, so you think about self-awareness, self-regulation, we're regulating each day our behaviour, yeah, our emotions, our thoughts, yeah, through this subconscious pattern, through mm. these subconscious beliefs. So absolutely. If, if when I work with leaders and with men in business, you know, one of the simple tools and diagnoses that I suggest is if you want to know what your true values are and your true beliefs are, then just show me your diary for the last month. Show me where you're putting your energy. Yeah, because that's your truth. May not be what you think is your truth, but behaviour will always be yeah, a, a, a guide as to what your beliefs are and what your values are. And the challenge, even for myself, is, yeah, on the one hand, yeah, my belief is I want to get fit. The truth is I don't go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So there's a conflict. <laughs> and, I, and I can... Again, if I'm if I'm heading towards freedom and internal alignment, it's like which one do I want to let go of? Do I want to change my belief and go, I don't want to get fit, or do I want to change my behaviour? 
that I do want to go to the gym. Mm. And again, this is the territory. Yeah. 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 I'm aware of, you know, we talk about values where we, 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 we talked about that, you know, uh, contextual beliefs. Values often set quite early in life and we, we, yep. we hold on to them because they have value for us often, sometimes less so, but that, that's why they're intrinsically important to us. So where, where are beliefs coming from? Are they set early, held for a long time, or are they chopping and changing as, as life and life experience uh, emerges? Yeah, the fundamental belief, and we're going to talk today about the fundamental belief to shift. Yes, yes. If you want to accelerate. I know most of us are looking for the silver bullet mm. on our personal development journey, yeah, our spiritual development journey. And whilst there's no silver bullet, this will this will accelerate and transform. Yeah. Yeah, but where this, these beliefs and values come from fundamentally is not to seven years of age. Right. Yeah, and we know, again, through psychology, through psychotherapy, through neuroscience, What's occurring naught to seven with our brain yeah, is we're in theta states. So if you think about the different brain waves, alpha, okay. beta, delta, theta, yeah, mm-hmm. and the theta state is literally the state of download. It's not a state of reasoning, not a state of rational. Yeah, It's a little bit like when we go into sleep states, there's a theta state. So for children naught to seven, they're literally downloading their experience, the energy, the emotion. It's just a big download that's going into the subconscious mind. What happens then is that subconscious mind becomes our operating system. It becomes essentially the way we then are going to experience the world, our beliefs around the world, what we hold valuable in the world, and how we move forward in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, as we develop, as cognition develops, as we develop, yet we have different influences there are certain things we can tweak yeah but some of these fundamental beliefs they're set up not to seven yeah and there's you know an easy way to track what the experience was to create these beliefs yeah and they're informing every human being i've met every day until you become aware at the crux of this is is, as we promised is the only belief or the key belief that you if you want to make change in your life and really progress and find that potential here's the one <laughs> that you really need to work on so and and this is and this is one that's been set in this naught to seven age range yeah yeah if we look at the human experience and again um this has certainly been my experience coaching thousands of leaders around the globe yeah and just to give a bit of the background of naught to seven so if you think about the human experience when we're born yeah, we come into this relative world, this world of separateness. And we've gone from this place of safety in the womb. Yeah, we've come into this, you know, often certainly my generation, I'm 61, my generation was bright lights, loud noise, smack on the bum. Mm. Yeah. And the experience, right or wrong, yeah, it's not right or wrong, was suddenly, well, this is different. I better shut down. And so we shut down a part of our system because it's like, what's going on here? This is different. And then again, if we just quickly summarize the human experience for most people, what happens is that normally we then go home with our mother, father, caregiver, and 
the first couple of months and you've got a, a, a tiny little <laughs> boy that's been born and um, yeah. baby cries. Yeah. And what happens, Rich? First couple of months. You attend, you, you everything stops and you uh, attend to baby, whatever the need might be. Exactly. Whatever the need is. Baby cries, gets changed. Baby cries, gets fed. Mm. Yeah. Baby cries, gets warm until one day. Yeah, baby cries, yeah, dinner's burning, doorbell rings, phone rings. What do you do? Yeah, you, uh, you're you triaging slightly differently because you go, well, I better deal with that uh, burning dinner. Baby will be fine. Exactly. <laughs> Baby's exactly. a bit older now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I don't want any parents to go and do any guilt here around this. This is the human experience. Yeah. But I better put the fire out. Yeah. What's the baby's experience? Yeah. So the mm. baby's experience, the baby doesn't have cognition to sit back and go, dad's busy. Yeah. The baby's experience is it's something to do with me. Mm. We're the most dependent species on the planet. Our whole survival depends on another human being. And I thought the gig was I cry, somebody comes. That's what we set up, didn't we? And again, Suddenly I cry, yeah, nobody comes. And so the baby puts on the first cut of what we call the masks. Right. Yeah. And the masks are there to keep us safe. Yeah. And again, you know, we can do a whole podcast on the different masks that we wear, but fundamentally an example of the masks are in, in a family of um, siblings, the first child might come out and go, if I want to get attention of my caregivers, of my mum or father, um, I'll be, how about I be the, I'll be the high achiever. That's a good one. Yeah, let's put that mask on because that seems to work. The second one comes out and goes, well, I better be the goody two shoes. And then the third one comes out and goes, well, I better be the angry sucker here because it's the only way I'm going to get attention. <laughs> And so we put on these masks and as little people, they work brilliantly. Yeah, if you, anyone with children, you think about little Noah, your, your oldest son, yeah, like he's constantly knows how to get your attention because mm -hmm. it's a survival mechanism. Yeah. It's important. They don't have all of the tools and ammunition to keep themselves safe. And so these masks are fantastic. The challenge is most of us forgot to take them off. Right. And if you go to any family gathering at Christmas, any dinner party, you'll see everybody come back to their family of origin with their masks on and wonder why everyone gets triggered. Mm. Because the fundamental belief that the baby, the child sets up, yeah, when somebody doesn't respond, these experiences we have not to seven um, is I'm not good enough because I'm not lovable and valuable. If you loved me, you would have come. If you valued me, yeah, it's not true. This fundamental belief isn't true, but it's the game changer right. because it's a deep subconscious belief that drives human behavior. Yeah. And because it's so subconscious, most people don't wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, I'm not good enough. Yeah. But every day, yeah, your behavior. Yeah, every time you get triggered, every time you get anxious, what's happening is they're not good enough coming up. 
And most of us go, well, I'm not good enough, but one day I'm going to be, you watch. Yeah, I'm just going to get my business sorted, pay the mortgage off, get the marriage sorted, whatever it is. It's the one day, someday, one day I'm going to be good enough and wonder why, yet they never feel contentment. They never feel true freedom. Yeah, because this suffering of this feeling, if it, it doesn't matter, even though I've built the business, I still don't feel good enough. Yeah, I still mm -hmm. don't feel enough. The beauty is that belief can change. But does that make sense? It, it does. And it's, you know, and you've unpacked a lot in there in yep. terms of the, you know, this, this, you know, the, the fundamental human experience. Um, so, th so thank you for that. And, and we'll, you know, this is, this is a theme that we'll keep coming back to. So if you will hear this again, because this is, this is fundamental, as I said, to true freedom, to everything that we're doing yep. here and, and, yep. and the work. Um, so yes, it does. So what we've, what we've identified here is this, this, this is the, the key belief, the fundamental belief that we all have. However, yeah. you know, overtly confident or secure or set someone appears to be, it's likely there's a degree of the not good enough going on. And I say degree because I'm sure it, it, you know, either people have a handle on it and they're working on it or they're some kind of other self-management going on. Um, it, it just what yeah. comes to mind for me is that it's things like, you know, there's a term um, that, co that comes up quite a lot around imposter syndrome. Um, mm. You know, it's not one I I love using. I don't use it with clients because it becomes a bit of a label, but it is there and people will talk about it. And it seems, I'm sure, at the heart of that imposter syndrome is the not good enough. Um, yeah. And so many very uh, successful famous people have talked about their own essentially their own not good enough that they they yes. work with and battle through on a day-to-day -day basis too many to name here but then you know yeah everyone's got it absolutely yeah and uh, you know working with leaders around the globe you know we've all developed strategies yeah and masks to deal with the not good mm. enough so most of the high achievers i work with yeah when you sit down and get them to reflect, it's often been driven by the not good enough. Yeah. And again, they're not necessarily conscious of it, but what drives them is this absolute desire to be the best, to be better than. I work with Olympic athletes and they're the same. It's like I, that was what's driving it. Again, it's not good or bad. It's just inherently never going to give you what you're looking for, that sense of freedom, that sense of enough, that sense of peace. Mm. Yeah. And so you can still be a high achiever. You can still be an elite athlete, yeah, coming from, yeah, the truth and the reframe and the belief change, Rich, yeah, is I'm okay, I am lovable and valuable. Mm, wow. Yeah. Mm. And when we really learn to love ourselves, to value ourselves, and what that means to remember that the essence of who we are, remember the, the freedom, true freedom is remembering who we really are. Yeah. And so when Rafa and Noah were born, what did you see, Rich? And they oh, were born. Pure, pure love. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. No, no, <laughs> it's just all I can say is just absolute purity. Exactly. Yeah. And joy. Yeah. And yeah. 
Yeah, that joy, yeah. love, and innocence. That's the truth about all of us. Mm. That's our essence. Mm. And we've just developed strategies, beliefs, defenses, masks. Yeah, and they're all useful and they're all purposeful. Mm. But this hero's journey, the journey home, so the hero meets his trials and tribulations, but the holy grail is coming back to your essence, coming back to love. And, and I wanted to just sort of uh, just go into that a little bit. Could this the sense of these masks that we develop, as you said, some people uh, either have better strategies of developing these masks. You'd say this often high achievers have that. Do you find that what can keep people from, as you say, if this we recognize this is the belief that you need to change in life, but what could keep you from wanting to change that belief is, but look, with these masks, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I'm kind of holding on. And I know part of me, as I set up in the beginning, is that I'm, I am searching. There's something that's not quite there. But in the meantime, I'm doing okay, whether I know about masks or not. Is that what yeah. prevents people from really looking at this belief and wanting to change it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. I was talking to a question, a client recently and asked him, a similar question and he's like this kind of works <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like it yeah. yeah and most people and certainly the men that i work with yeah and the men that i meet yeah if you think about the journey yeah the big part of the hero's journey the opposite of courage is conformity mm. yeah and it takes courage yeah, which comes from the French word cour, C-O-U-R-E, which is the heart. Yeah. And if I talk about the men and the masculine, which I work a lot with, yeah, to really let go of those masks and those strategies, yeah, requires an opening. It requires yeah. courage. Yeah. It requires vulnerability, intimacy, yeah. And for a lot of men, as a generalization, yeah, courage or conformity, yeah, conformity wins. I'm just going to conform. I'm just going to live this life. It's all okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of my clients married, mortgage, business, kids, yeah, more leadership. And it's like, it's okay. Yeah. But the ones that hear the calling, yeah, that deeper calling, yeah, which is a part of the hero's journey, that call for living a more purpose-centered life. It takes courage. It's like, you know what, I'm I'm ready, I'm willing. And a lot of your listeners have done great work, personal development, spiritual development. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just know this fundamental one is an accelerator. Right. Yeah. And I'll explain to you in a minute how it works in real life. Um, yeah. That's the that's the yeah. of it. Yeah. So there, yeah, there's a sense that the, the 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 masks can serve. They've got me this far. And you're, you're, you're as I said, you know, you're talking to you know your client base of predominantly male leaders. I'm guessing they're in their 40s, 50s, maybe even their 60s. Yeah. It's serving for a really long time. And as yeah. I say, things are okay. Things are good enough. Yeah. With that sense of. I, I know there might be something else, 
that would really mm. unlock my my purpose but have i got the courage to to really do it yeah, yeah. Exactly. and that's that, that, that must be hard getting getting real on this that must be to to let some of this these beliefs go it's also mm. letting that go what am i taking on what's the <laughs> how's the transition yeah. going to be <laughs> yeah, we, we all yeah. whether we we all uh, acknowledge it uh, or not but that's some kind of a certainty in life especially when there's so much uncertainty in the world mm. yeah can be very attractive it, yeah yeah it is you know and and to your point change comes from inspiration or desperation mm. and so what often occurs and on the hero's journey the midlife crisis is we're actually close to the grail at 46 yeah, we're closest to the Holy Grail. And you see men who can go into an incredible disruption in their life, which we've labelled midlife crisis, yeah, whether it's changing jobs, changing relationships, changing houses, changing cars, because this calling, this myth, mythology that lives in all of us is so there. If we haven't heard the call, yeah, it's so there that often it takes a disruption, a desperation, ill health, a marriage breakup, you know, and how many times do we see people go, that was the catalyst for me to really start doing the deeper inquiry. Mm. And so that's the kind of, these are the points on our journey, yeah, as men and women, where we meet this place of choice. And to your point, the thinking mind is basically being trained for certainty yeah so the way it works is that if you think about the different aspects of our brain yeah it's like when we when we project into the future the sense of certainty and control yeah our nervous system yeah is very much looking for that and it's interesting when we change beliefs yeah, particularly this fundamental belief. So the way it works is, so what we know now, and I love that the neuroscience is caught up with a lot of the psychology, psychotherapy and traditional wisdoms, which I've studied in depth, because what the neuroscience now talks about is the RAS, the reticular activation system. Right. And it's a network of neurons in our brain that actually is the network from within which we perceive the world. And how it works is most of your listeners would have had the experience where suddenly I, I decide I want to buy a blue car. And what do you see, Rich, for the next month? Every car's a blue car on the road. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ads for blue cars. My friend's driving a blue car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This RAS is activated. The filtering system's activated. Yeah. And it's the same with our beliefs. If I believe I'm not good enough, and I'm not lovable and valuable at a subconscious level, what am I going to see in the world, Rich? All the evidence that you're not exactly lovable, exactly. good enough, valuable. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Remember, the world is inherently meaningless. Yeah, we're projecting meaning onto the external world in every moment. Yeah, through our thoughts, our words, our subconscious mind, our emotions. And what happens is we project the meaning, the, the RAS of I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable and valuable. You'll find the evidence. If you loved me, mm. yeah, then you would have phoned me yesterday. If you valued me, then you would have yeah, known that I wanted that, whatever the story may be. Yeah. 
the beauty is, and this is within our absolute choice, yeah, is when you change the subconscious belief to I'm okay, I'm lovable and valuable. Mm. You can start to find that evidence. <laughs> you, can wake, you can wake up each day and see how lovable and valuable you are just for who you are. And for most of our listeners, you know, we're sitting in a place where, you know, we have relationships, we have jobs, we have a, a roof over our heads. Yeah. We have plenty of evidence of how valuable and lovable we are. We just don't look for it or find it. So choice, keyword you mentioned there. Yeah. How do we go about, okay, or, or, or so behind the choice, we make the choice that what Bodhi's saying here sounds really nice. I like this idea of yep. dropping the uh, the little chips that I have, the triggers that I have that are telling me that I'm not doing well enough, I'm not loved like I should be, and all these sorts yep. of things. So I'm really attracted to what you're saying. I make that choice. How do I do it? This is where we yep. get maybe get a little bit more practical. Um, yeah, we love we love to you know as I said we'd love to give you the map and the tools to the territory. So herein may be some of the yeah. tools. So I make that yeah. choice. How do I grasp this different yeah. belief? And the key thing there is to know if we think about freedom from suffering, one of the key ways we suffer, exactly as you pointed out, Rich, is the is the inner critic. Mm. We have eighty thousand thoughts a day, and most of them are negative. Yeah, so the saboteur, the self-judgment, the inner critic, this is all the not good enough. Mm. This is the fundamental programming. I'm not good enough. Yep. And you'll find the evidence. Yeah, that monkey mind. And remember that a big part of presence, which I teach, is we've got to slow the mind down. Yeah, it's like our mind, our thinking mind is like a really fast train. Yeah, and if you want to slow a train down, you don't jump in front of it. You, you don't. You just slowly slow it down. And so this is one of the ways we suffer. Yeah, I had a client recently, Rich, who said to me, "If I had a friend who came for lunch every day and spoke to me like I talked to myself, I'd never ask him back." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this. This is the cost. Yeah, of this not good enough thinking. And so the choice we have, again, particularly when we start to become aware, wake up, develop a practice, start to realize, again, the Hindu saying is our thinking mind is a fantastic servant. It's a terrible master. Yeah, when we start to cultivate the witness self as the first stage of our development, we start to realize that I have choice here. And the way we change beliefs, and there are many different tools out there, different teachers, yeah, different philosophies, and there's some really powerful stuff if the listeners are, are keen to explore belief change. But fundamentally, what they're all doing is three things. Mm. The first is to change a belief, you have to fully acknowledge the current belief. We can't let go of something until we've told the truth to ourselves, And that's all acknowledgement is. Acknowledgement is just to recognize what is so. Recognize, not judge. It's not mm. a bad belief. It's not a wrong belief. But the truth is, yeah, I believe I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable and valuable. And the acknowledgement is also acknowledge how that feels. 
you want to shift something, you got to tell the whole truth. Yeah, the truth is, yeah, I feel guilty. I feel, you know, frustrated. I feel angry. I feel, and again, you're just recognizing that. So journal work, yeah. uh, getting a coach, joining a group, yep, for support, all of those ways are just ways to just acknowledge it. And as I mentioned earlier with the spiral, one session may not be enough. Yet, as we spiral through, you know, some of these old sticky beliefs, I work a lot with clients around their beliefs around money and around time. These are foundational beliefs that keep tripping them up. Um, the second step to belief changing, yep, yeah, is to make a new choice. What's the new belief? To really embody the new belief, not positive thinking. Yeah, the way we create our reality is our thinking mind, our words, yeah, our emotions, our energetic system and our behaviour. So all we're yeah. doing is I'm valuable and lovable. What does that feel like? Yeah. Do I do I really love and accept myself? How does how would it feel if I did? Yeah, to really start to embody that new belief. And the third step, and this is the shortcut, yeah, is You've got to start behaving as if it's already true. Yeah. You've got to start acting that way because you're not always going to feel like you love yourself. Yeah. Mm. But if you can behave, even though you feel frustrated, you feel um, upset or guilty, if you could just move your behavior to an action that demonstrates I love myself, going, having a hot bath, going for a walk, going to the gym, yeah, whatever it might be, what you're doing is starting to align and realign yeah, all of those systems that I mentioned. And that's how we create. Remember, it's the law of resonance. We've got to resonate our internal system at a thinking level, at a verbal level, yeah, at an emotional level and an energetic level. Mm. We talk about a map uh, yeah. and, and tools hand in hand. Yeah. Um, I suppose what what came to me, you know, we are, and we have taken this on, is that here's here's the foundational, the one belief, yep. that you can shift and you can change everything. Does it help to even put almost some micro beliefs that are aligned to the not good enough, you know, that that macro belief, through this same process, just to see where you sort of net out? You know what I mean? It could be. Yeah. So, so for yeah. example, for example, for me, I I held a belief. I have moved this one on. I held a belief that I uh, was no good at networking. So it's very specific to do yeah. with my old uh, organizations that I used to work with, old industry I used to work in, often have to go to events labeled networking. Didn't enjoy it. Told myself I didn't enjoy it. So it's an absolute belief. So guess what? Every time I went, that evidence that you talked about showed up. <laughs> that yeah. person's not looking at me. That person's not interested in talking to me. I'm having a bad time. I'm going to go home early. That happened a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think doing, and I didn't necessarily do it th this way because I wasn't aware of it then, but there was, a, I, I did decide, look, I don't think I'm having such a bad time at this. I think I can enjoy this more. Yeah. But I have to do something about it. And I have yeah. to, I have to, and you talk about the inner critic. I would call it my gremlin and I would yeah. do work on that particular gremlin that would show up 
for me every time yeah. I went. And bit by yeah. bit, and it wasn't, and this is why I think the, that third one is really important, you know, behave yeah. as, as if it is so already, even though it's a work in yeah. progress. I'd have periods in a, oh, that went, that went well, that conversation went really well. I'll take that. And then yeah. step by step, each networking event I went to, I enjoyed more. Now, when I go to something that might be labeled that or not, I'm all in. Yeah. Really enjoy yeah. meeting new people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that, that, I so, said, so that's that sort of micro yeah. slicing of beliefs. Yeah. And the, the piece behind it, if you, if you, if you want to explore it. Uh, so the answer is yes. And. So when you had the old belief of I'm not good at networking, yeah, I don't enjoy this, yeah. If you go deeper, mm. yeah, what did that mean about you? Well, I know this now. I didn't know it then, yeah. you see, but it was yeah. absolutely yeah. I'm not good enough. Because I would, yeah. and I would be close to it because I'd be saying I'm not interesting enough for this person to yeah. come and talk to me. Yeah. I was close, yeah. but I didn't yeah. quite have the full language, the full map that we talk yeah. about to navigate yeah. it. but yeah that's exactly what was going on yeah 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 exactly and that and that's the contextual belief mm. yeah that i'm not good enough so remember context content for your listeners you yeah. know the content of our world is the stuff yeah the context gives meaning to the stuff and there are layers yeah. and so absolutely the fundamental belief which we're talking about again is i'm not good enough yeah, I'm not lovable and valuable. And that's why for the listeners, my encouragement is shift that one first. And absolutely, there'll be layers within that, such yeah. as networking, things like that. But what happens when you shift the fundamental, and this is the power of this work, Rich, is the way the unconscious fundamental belief of I'm not good enough shows up is, again, what we're doing is we're regulating our thinking system and our emotional system, our energetic system. So when we meet the world, yeah, and we're giving the world meaning, yeah, remember it's inherently meaningless. And we give the world meaning, and the key is to start noticing the relationship you have with yourself. And the fastest way to know what meaning you're giving your external world is how you feel emotionally. That's the fastest way. And emotions, and again, most of our listeners would know this, yeah, are just energy in motion. They're not good or bad, it's just energy. Yeah, and we label them, you know, and fundamentally they'll either be in the sad, mad, glad, or scared category. And again, we can talk deeper in another podcast. Yeah. But what happens is when I view the external world and subconsciously give it the meaning that I'm not good enough, I'm not valuable and lovable, yeah, usually I'll have an emotional response. Mm -hmm. And the fast track here is whenever you get triggered, yeah, triggered as in an emotional trigger, Whenever you feel frustrated, whenever you feel angry, whenever you feel anxious, the meaning you're giving the world is I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable and valuable every time. If you unpack it, if you unpack the process, that's the unconscious. So the fast track is, yep, 
to notice, get present. The reason we do work with presence is get in your body, start to get present with yourself. Notice when you have a disturbance and an emotional disturbance and go, oh, there's the not good enough. It's not true. Yeah. Acknowledge the emotion, feel the emotion and make a choice. And again, we can go deeper into that another time. The reason I say that is if you want to reduce yeah, so in the parenting podcast we did, we talk about our buttons with our children yeah, yeah, and how they press our buttons. And one of the first things to learn is how can I just reduce my buttons? Because mm. most of us, the buttons are so big. If you want to start reducing your buttons and eventually eliminate your buttons, the button every time is they're not good enough. And so what occurs is I'm not getting triggered as much. And then I can look at, perhaps other beliefs around networking or around money or around time. Yeah. yeah. But I'm coming from a place of growth. I'm coming from a place of self-awareness. Yeah. I'm not coming from this place of, you know, being triggered and anxious and those sorts of things. So that's why I really emphasize this as a foundational yeah. shift. Yeah. And the, the journey continues. The hero journey continues. We come up against resistance in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Makes Lovely. sense. Yes, yes, it does. It does. And and, and yeah. so, you know, clear about why starting as we, as we set up and you know, the, the one belief to change is the not good enough, because it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Yeah. There's the, there's it's the, not there's true. the fundamental. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, the, the way you've guided us through this from its, its, its relationship to what true freedom is, how we develop uh, these beliefs, why they serve us when we can let go of them, make that choice and then actively and very practically uh, start to move away from that long held, not good enough belief to the new territory and how attractive yeah. that is. Um, and that, I think yeah. that would be our encouragement, right? To everyone to just start to, as we say, just sit with this for a bit, have a think about it, ponder it, reflect on it um, and send us your, you know, uh, observations on it we'd, we'd love to hear some um, comments and observations about how people have got on with um moving on from this 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 one this one belief um and anything else Bodhi that you you'd want to drop in here before we um sign off today well again just to close those loops firstly if part of true freedom is freedom from suffering one of the ways we suffer is through our inner critic our thinking mind yeah, and our emotional disturbances. This will unhook that. And having coached thousands of people around the globe, yeah, and what I know is that the people who get present and start to shift this have transformed their leadership, transformed their workplace, transformed their relationships. So really encourage people, you know, there, there are other tools, but this is a foundational tool. Great. And what a, what a gift and what an invitation to everyone to uh to transform uh life through this through this 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 key uh change of belief well Bodhi uh amazing session thank you very much personally um for those reminders for me and I'm sure for all our, our listeners as well so uh until next time yeah thank you Rich thank you everybody um enjoy remembering you're valuable and lovable